All right, it is just after 11 o'clock on this Friday morning, and uh, yesterday we had a chance to speak with Daniel Smith, leader of the UCP. Today we follow that up with our conversation with Rachel Notley, leader of the NDP, as we get into the final days of the campaign. Um, Ms. Notley, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your time today. It's a pleasure to be able to chat, to, sorry, to chat with you. <laughs> it's a uh, busy time, so I, I know you've got a lot on the go. I wonder if you saw a report that came out this morning. Uh, it's citing the heads of the Alberta Chambers of Commerce, the Calgary Chamber of Commerce, the Business Council of Alberta, all of them saying that the divisiveness, the us-versus-them climate we see in Alberta politics right now is bad for business. Deborah Yedlin of the Calgary Chamber said her members so they want to see some collaboration, some cooperation. They don't want the fighting. They don't want the divisiveness. Now, throughout much of the campaign, both parties, including yours, um, the advertising has been focused quite squarely on the opponent, the opposition, the leader of the opposition in this case. Some scary stuff has been said. Um, the president of the chamber says we're too focused on personality, not policy. Is that fair criticism? Are we too dialed into the us versus them politics in this campaign? Well, I mean, I, I think uh, it kind of a, it, it tends to be a question of what you listen to. I know that uh, we've been uh, very pleased to be very propositional throughout this pa- campaign. We've uh, outlined a number of uh, really important policy issues. We've heard from Albertans that they care about their health care. So I've lost count the number of press conferences and the number of advertisements that we have done where we've been talking about our plan to get Albertans a family doctor. Uh, same thing around our plan with respect to eliminating the small business tax, uh, as well as um, our plan with respect to a whole range of um, incentives that are geared towards um, uh, encouraging um, emerging uh, businesses to, to grow and diversify in Alberta. The question becomes, what do people listen to? What's sticky, as they say in the business. And so, yes, it is, I think, also important to talk about not personal things, uh, but about action. So if we have a premier who has, or a, a candidate who has spent 15 years of her life advocating for uh, privately funded health care, I think when that is the most important issue that Albertans are talking about, that is important for people to know. Um, and so, you know, it, 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 it sort of comes down to what people hear, and then that tends to be what drives their perception of what the conversation is. But I I do know that we've also spent a lot of time trying to talk about our propositional plan. Yesterday we rolled out um, a, a pretty dense uh, outline of what we would be focused on doing this summer, uh, should we win the the election, and um, and and I was really excited to be able to talk about those things. I, I, I agree with you in terms of when you what you hear and sort of the the tone. And I and I think in the last few days you certainly have pivoted a lot more to hey get out and vote and this is what we're going to do for you. But I, I don't think you can deny the fact. I mean we've all heard the advertising, some pretty scary stuff. You're talking about extremism and lack of judgment and you can't trust it. So I mean I don't think it's completely accurate to say that you know you're just talking about um, the future of healthcare. You've you've taken some pretty personal attacks, at least in your advertising. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, as I say, I mean, I'll, I'll admit that even in healthcare, we do point out uh, the comments that Danielle has missed has, sorry, that Danielle Smith has made in the past, uh, because I think they're relevant to the issue. And, and I will say, I mean, it, it is true, uh, Shay, you know, it is absolutely unprecedented to have somebody running to be premier who has been found to have broken the law, uh, interfering with the administration of justice in the service of somebody else who was convicted of breaking the law in particular with respect to incenting violence against uh, the police. Like, you know, that is 
uh, I mean, it would be nice if those were things we didn't have to be talking about. I will say I am, I, I, you know, I've been in politics since 2008. I've never been in an election where these things are actually what's going on. But, but, you know, I, I, I don't think we cannot talk about them because I think they are fundamental to to who we are as a democracy. You mentioned healthcare. Uh, that, have, as you know, is uh, at least within the top two uh, when you speak to most Albertans about what's important to throw out this campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got some very serious issues in healthcare. Of course, we've got doctors in Edmonton and Calgary coming together just this week to talk about the crisis that they're seeing. Uh, your opponent mm-hmm. has vowed to fix it. You have also vowed to fix it. The difference, though, you had four years to fix it, and we're in a worse position now than we were then. So why should Albertans say, oh, let's give her another crack at this? <laughs> well, I mean, I would say, first of all, that that uh, we, when we left office, we were not in the position that we are now with respect to our health care. So there's been a considerable deterioration. And you referenced that uh, very thoughtful letter by the 190 ER doctors that was uh, released a couple days ago. And they themselves will say that, that uh, the, the crisis that they are experiencing is as a result of decisions that have been taken by the current government over the last four years. So um, I do think that there was a difference in terms of the state of health care uh, during our term versus now, um, in part as measured by the fact that it, it wasn't a huge issue in 2019 because people were, you know, uh, I won't say satisfied, but they were more satisfied or less concerned. That being said, it has been, there's lots of work that we could more we could have done mm-hmm. when we were in government to improve health care absolutely and there's lots of work that we want to do going forward uh, to improve health care we didn't have the family doctor crisis in 2019 we do have it now and it is the foundation to good public health care and so we are very very serious about taking a really ambitious and immediate set of actions to to improve people's access to uh, family medicine because we know that that is where good public health care starts and if we can get that right we're going to start taking the pressure off of our emergency rooms off of our ambulances off of our surgical wait times is it just money i mean that seems to be the answer we often hear from politicians of all stripes is we'll just spend more money and we know the federal government has recently come up with a whole bunch more money and um Mm -hmm. we've tried that we've tried that ms notley you know we have it hasn't worked is it just more money again well money's not irrelevant to the issue i will say that we have seen a very market deterioration uh, in the quality of our health care over the last four years, and we know that the UCP has actually taken a considerable amount of money out of the system. Uh, but that's not all there is to it. So our plan isn't about money per se. What it is about is is helping family doctors, restoring a trusting, respectful relationship, frankly, with all frontline health care providers, uh, and, then, and then being very systematic in our recruiting, but also with respect to family health, um, surrounding those important family uh, physicians with other um, frontline professionals so that they can be more effective in the work they do and they can see more people and people can get the care they need from the right person at the right time. And so that's really about, um, it's a bit of a sort of a different kind of model and uh, it's one that we've done a lot of research on while we've been in opposition. We've conferred with a lot of folks who are in that line of work and they tell us that it will really make a big difference in terms of not only um, attracting doctors, but retaining doctors, and then overall helping them see more Albertans, which is what we really want at the end of the day.
I wanted to ask you about one of the big pieces of your your campaign, which has been the business tax, uh, taxes around mm-hmm. businesses, generally speaking. Yes, elimination of business tax on some of the smaller businesses in Alberta and a pretty substantial hike uh, for larger businesses. It goes from 8% to 11%. couple of questions on that first. Mm-hmm. Financially speaking, what is the fallout from that when you remove the tax from the smaller businesses but increase the tax? Is it a wash? Is it net zero? Do you know? Oh, no, we sure do. So um, by the the cost of removing uh, the tax completely for the vast majority of small businesses in Alberta is is um, about $170 million a year um, versus uh, multiple billions uh, with respect to the uh, corporate tax. So there is a, a, a net positive in terms of revenue. But to be clear, small business owners, they employ a million Albertans. And every cent that they get gets reinvested in Alberta in the community. So, so their contribution to economic growth is quite outsized in many respects uh, in terms of the amount of work that they do in any given day. So we were really pleased to be able to offer that uh, elimination of the small business tax. Um, in terms of the corporate tax, yeah. we are talking about uh, moving from the lowest tax ju- uh, jurisdiction in Canada to being the lowest taxed jurisdiction in Canada, below what Scott Moe is charging corporations in Saskatchewan, below what Doug Ford is but, charging. But not by much, but not America. by much. No, definitely not by much, but still lower. So so this idea that people are going to go rushing off to other provinces is just not true. And the thing that, that we have to take into account is this was a m- multiple billions of dollars that, that uh, Jason Kenney decided to hand over to uh, profitable corporations with no performance measures attached. What happened? Well, we actually lost 50,000 jobs. We doubled the deficit because it had a huge impact on public finances and the, and the econo- economic growth slowed. At the same time, what happened was there were um, unprecedented cuts, for instance, in our post-secondary. And most folks who uh, uh, we talk to who are you know big investors, they understand that post-secondary is a critical partner in the diversification and the growth of our economy. Most investors will say the biggest barrier right now to investing in Alberta is lack of trained talent, they will say. And and what did we do? Well, we, we uh, t- you know, cut the U of C, for instance, by 20% over the last four weeks and by, or m- over the last four years. And by we, of course, I mean the UCP. So the very investments that the government would make to grow our economy aren't being made. And then meanwhile, big corporations are paying out dividends to their shareholders, the vast majority of whom do not live in Alberta or Canada. So it was a net loss for Alberta over the last four years. Talking about the costs of um, all that's been, uh, you know, with the, with the cuts to the tax, there's also a lot of spending in your campaign and in the opponent's campaign, to be fair, but there's a lot of spending that's being talked about here. Um, your costed platform, uh, I was reading through it last night, relies on oil being at $79 a barrel uh, in order to reach the surplus that you've uh, forecasted for the coming year. Right now, it's $72 a barrel. Economist Trevor mm-hmm. Toome has uh, publicly said he thinks it's about a billion dollars in revenue for the province of Alberta for every dollar fifty you miss by. So my math is horrible, but it's at least $4 mm-hmm. billion right there that we're looking at. Um, mm-hmm. You've said you will not run a deficit. You will not increase taxes. Where does that money come What are you cutting? Where, where does that money come from? We're talking about billions of dollars in revenue that is not there already. Mm-hmm. So that is, uh, first of all, I mean, I think we, we are going on the projections that, you know, the government and the UCP are going yeah. on. I asked her the same we, question. Uh, 
That's right. And, and, uh, and, and so, you know, we expect that ultimately those, um, those prices that they selected will ultimately be what we get, uh, on average over the year. Um, you know, if we don't, um, obviously we're going to have to look at, at, at places that, um, that, that we can, uh, um, trim because we do need to make sure that we stay within a balanced situation. Our, uh, costing, unlike the UCPs, actually has a much more, uh, robust cushion in it than uh, than the UCP does in theirs. Um, and so, uh, honestly, I think they're much more likely to go into deficit uh, than we would at this point. Um, but uh, for sure, we are committed to, to staying in balance. And so we might have to, if things uh, end up not uh, picking up the way expected, we might have to push out some of those commitments. But um, we are going to uh, work very hard to keep the critical ones um, in place, absolutely. Absolutely, uh, particularly as it uh, relates to uh, um, supporting low-income Albertans and and investing in our healthcare and investing in our education. Uh, I, I've kept you for longer than I wanted to, but I do have one last question. I think it's important, at least mm-hmm. to my audience, I know it is, because they talk about it to me a lot, and that's the issue of trust. And you've talked about it surrounding Daniel Smith. I will tell you that I sit here and talk to Albertans every day who have a lot of questions about trusting you. Um, they mm-hmm. ask where your allegiances lie. You know, you're beholden to unions, I hear. Um, this is just a... This is just <laughs> a home office for the Trudeau Singh Alliance in Ottawa. You're linked to that. Singh is your boss. He tells you what to do. There are people who don't think you represent Alberta. You represent mm-hmm. unions, you represent Trudeau, and you represent just uh, Jagmeet Singh. Mm-hmm. Well, let me say, uh, I would ask people to judge me on my record. Uh, so with respect to the, the sort of UCP talking points around uh, Ottawa and Jagmeet Singh and all those things, when I was Premier, uh, I stood up uh, vis-a-vis, uh, against uh, BC, which at the time was led by an NDP government, uh, in order to... Um, uh, advocate on behalf of Albertans and getting the TMX uh, pipeline built. I did the same thing with Ottawa. And the result is is that we have the first pipeline to tar- Tidewater just months away from being uh, turned on. And that happened under our leadership because my allegiances were always to Albertans. So that's my record. And and what you're talking about are, you know, effectively communicated mm-hmm, talking points mm-hmm. by all means, but not demonstrated at all um, by my record. And when you talk about unions, what I will say about this, uh, uh, Shay, I'm unapologetic. And, and on that, I mean, I have always been very concerned about working people, whether they're in unions, whether they're not in unions. And, and uh, so my approach to the economy has always been uh, seen through that lens. I want to create jobs. I want to create good mortgage-paying jobs, good mortgage-paying industrial jobs. I want Albertans to feel uh, confident and sure that their employment's going to be there from year to year to year and that they can make plans for the future. And and if that means that I'm focused on working people, then, you know, I, I don't apologize for that. Richard Notley, thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate you being here today.